Yes, and I hear you loud and clear. How are you doing, Mr. Albat? I'm uh, having a nice day. It's a beautiful day for a walk early this morning. Uh, you know, that it's just a, a lovely day, pretty dewy and a little bit of uh, rain on the ground, not much of a rain, maybe a tenth of an inch or so. But It was foggy it here. Was yeah, and uh, yesterday was terrible foggy as well. And, uh, you know, the old saying is that uh, for every foggy day in August, that's uh, a snowfall in the winter. So Oh, really? And we, <laughs> we get a lot of foggy days in August, and we get a lot of snows in winter. So I guess it works out. I'm always going to add them up, and, you know, I never do. I just I forget about it till about the about the 13th of august and i said man i should have been adding these fogs up because i i talked to a folklorist from out east and i said so if we have a fog in the morning and it goes away and then it comes back at night or in the afternoon or something he said yeah that'd be two fogs oh Oh, dear so it's uh, i'm gonna just go on the limb and say boy we'll probably get some snow this winter you're yeah you're a betting man i can tell hey i I was wondering if you went out and watched the perseid showers last night because we did as a family and you know there were a few clouds but even so and we're in the middle of all the light pollution in town but we still could see those comets shooting across the sky what a show yeah and i i did not you should go out tonight I i had yeah, I, I certainly will tonight. It's just, um, you know, everything happens at once as you go through life, and it's just one of those things. Oh, I, I do want to thank everybody before I forget that. A lot of listeners stop as I worked at the Freeborn County Fair and just say hello, and I, I appreciate that. And a lot of them brought stories with them, and I'm always happy to hear people's stories. And uh, tomorrow I'll be at the steel county fair in the isaac walton league from two until six so for folks in that area if you just want to stop in and say hi uh, you would certainly enhance my existence which days are you going to be there al which days again so i I can i'm going to be there wednesday next wednesday or this wednesday tomorrow oh tomorrow you're going to be there and only one day because i know we like to come by when we visit but it's usually not on a wednesday so are you going to be there any other days al no, there Aww. were a lot of requests and um, that I'd only be there one day, so <laughs> I'm just going to be there the one day. Aww. So, okay. No, it's it's uh, it, it is. Um, I I know there have to be some listeners um, that have never been to the Steel County Fair. It's it's hard to describe, but I think they have 125 places to eat. And you can just walk all day looking at different kinds of foods. If you just want to, you can eat entire, you could eat all day eating something different on a stick. It's a free fare. And I think, boy, is it 300 and some thousand people or something, some ridiculous number like that that they get there. So it's, I heard um, they got 300,000, yeah. They're the most attended county fair in the whole state, 300,000. And, I mean, that's a huge number for a smaller town, but they they just know how to do it right and like you said they've got a hundred and some vendors and and they've got even the, the you know the 4-h and all the exhibits and things and some great grandstand shows and then of course there's you you might be the reason that that three hundred thousand comes to the fair al yeah that i gotta draw in at least one there so it's pretty good <laughs> yeah, I, I love going to the uh they have a photo competition and uh, boy, there's just some amazing photographs as well there. So it, it's just a fun place to be, and you will, uh, no matter where you're from, you will run into somebody you know there because there's just so many people. 
Uh, the other morning I heard the croaking calls of a yellow-billed cuckoo at the edge of the farmyard. It was 10.30 Friday morning. And if my father were still around to hear it, he'd have declared the primal sound of the rain crow to have predicted rain. And well, it rained at 5.30 Monday afternoon, so apparently the rain crow gives a five-day forecast. So I'm <laughs> going to have to pay more attention to that. I watched a blue jay uh, flew into the feeder uh, holding peanuts in their shells, and the jay picked up a number of peanuts and put them back down as it searched for the perfect goober, like me in the grocery store picking up watermelon and saying, uh-huh, and put that one back down. It finally found one with a weight that indicated good eating inside, and then the bird flew off with it. Painted lady butterflies. They they are they were numerous, and they are numerous. They fluttered low across the highway as I drove from here to there, and many were hit by vehicles. Oh. And I made a stop in Hayfield, Minnesota, pulling into a parking lot filled with automobiles. Before I got out of my car, I watched as house sparrows flew in and picked among the dead painted ladies littering the pavement surrounding the cars. And the birds used their bills to grab butterflies and then beat the insects against the hard surface, knocking off wings and legs. And lunch was served uh, hot off the grill. (laughs) Um, Chuck Vanway of Albert Lee is a wonderful man who I admire more than I could ever say for his work with the Relay for Life and the Cancer Support Group and just endless other things, uh, told me that he'd not been a bird feeder until he moved to a house where the previous owner had left two feeders in place. And Chuck told me that he's discovered what great fun feeding birds is. So and It's addictive, Chuck. I visited a nursing home uh, recently, and a man who I didn't know said he wanted to tell me a story. So I sat down by him, and he said he'd been nursing a bad hip, which limited his mobility. So he was pretty much stuck in his room while he was recovering from this sore hip. And he watched from a window as a robin's nest was built, when the eggs were laid, when the eggs hatched, and when the birds fledged, and he told me it aided his healing for his hip, and I thought that was a neat thing. Uh, for the second consecutive year, Jill and Jill, or Jerry and Jill Morstead of Albert Lee had a mallard raise a family in a nest in a tree in their yard. And I know a lot of field guides and things you look at say, no, they nest on the ground, they don't nest up in trees. Well, nobody told these mallards, so two years in a row they've raised a family. And Jerry and Jill live across or along a busy street, uh, so Jerry erected a duckling crossing sign along the end of his drive. Uh, some things to look for this time of year, folks. Goldenrods are blooming, and they do not cause hay fever. They have heavy pollen, and it has to be carried by insects. Great and common ragweed shed pollen, and they cause hay fever symptoms because their pollen is carried on the wind. Uh, monarch butterflies will start congregating, and this is the beginning of their migration. Wild cucumber, it's an annual native vine. It's blooming with small white flowers. This rambunctious plant has star-shaped leaves and spiky fruit, and you will see it climbing 
on uh, fences and trees and everything it can find. Blue vervain will be blooming. I just I just think it's an exquisite plant to see. Orb spider webs and grasses are evident on dewy mornings. Uh, many of these are grass spiders. And a proverb says, and I believe it's called lamas. Lamas, Lamas Day, L-A-M-M-A-S, and that's August 1st, that corn ripens as much by night as by day. Uh, Mary Sack, Mary is from New Richland, she says, hi Al, I was doing well with my monarch nursery, three released butterflies so far until this morning. We had a predator in the garage, it destroyed four chrysalises and three caterpillars changing into that stage. I don't know if it was a mouse, squirrel, or a bird. The few small ones just hatched from eggs are back in the aquarium. I feel so awful. Now I understand the 5 to 10% survival rate. I know that when uh, butterflies, uh, monarchs are dead on the ground, mice will eat them. Yeah. I don't know about squirrels. Uh, I'm sure rats will. Nobody wants a rat in their garage, but it happens. So I'm guessing probably a mouse. There aren't a whole lot of things want to eat monarchs of any stage because it's just nasty tasting. But I would think mice would probably be the culprit. Helen Abramson of Meadowlands. Helen is up. Uh, Meadowlands is a very small town where Schneiderman Furniture got its start many years ago between Hibbing and Duluth. And Helen said, you mentioned hummingbird banding as part of the Henderson, Minnesota event. And, yeah, the, Hen- the Henderson Hummingbird Hurrah is uh, this Saturday from 9 to 4 at Bender Park and at Minnesota New Country School in Henderson. And they are having tours and speakers. They will be at 9 o'clock. There's a licensed hummingbird bander, Donald Mitchell, in the public garden. I'll be speaking at 2.45 at the New Country School. There'll be a nature walk, songwriting sessions, a craft project, and a coloring contest, a lot of things for kids. There'll be vendors setting up booths, so it's just... uh, I can't say enough nice things about that, but Helen said, uh, never heard of banding those little flight wonders. I'm going to have to keep a closer eye on all the hummingbirds who feast at my feeders. I have eight feeders out for them. Two are one quart size, but I only put three or four cups in each of those. As I've done for years, I keep track of how many cups they go through in a week's time. Starting in June, they were doing 46 one week, then 27, then 35 the next. That was because the bigger feeders didn't need filling as often as the two-cuppers. It stayed in the area of 20 to 30s until the end of July. The nestlings were feeding, so the numbers have been in the high 30s and lower 40s. Right now, they're in the six-day and my seven-day count, and they've gone through 43 cups. She said the wasps are being really pesty this year. The hummers are fighting them off somewhat, too. I've searched the eaves of the house and the shed, but no wasp nest on either of the buildings. Can't see any in the trees around the place either. I've got a big 7-Up bottle with the top cut off and turned upside down into the bottom part. There are tiny nuts and bolts on four sides holding the top part tight in place. I have hummingbird syrup. In the bottom of that bottle, just cleaned it out today. Had to take out one of the bolts to get it empty, but put fresh syrup in there, and a wasp was inside in less than 15 minutes. 
Had a great feeder out this summer for the Orioles, was able to identify at least three pair. Then, as every year, they didn't show up feeding the nestlings in the woods. I brought in the feeder. Not long ago, I spotted an immature Oriole working on the hummingbird feeder, so I put out some jelly again. So, I, yeah, the wasp, it's that time of year. The year, uh, it's just a time when we see wasps. The ones that are nastiest are uh, typically the yellow jackets. Uh, Gary Fisher of Albert Lee saw a pileated woodpecker. Dale Waltz of Rochester said the purple martins are leaving. And he said there is a website that you can see the martins on radar. So ours leave here, and they go off, and they join with thousands and thousands of other purple martins, and then they head south. Uh, David Frame of Albert Lee said he's having brown thrashers in his yard, really enjoying their company. His wife, Claire, Claire Frame, said uh, had a lot of yellow-headed blackbirds this year. John Nelson of Buford said we found three pair of trumpeter swans at or near Perch Lake in Buford, each with four or five cygnets. We found a family at the Maple River Wildlife Management Area this morning with an amazing seven well-advanced cygnets. Chris Springborg of Albert Lee saw a Cooper's Hawk. Uh, John, John of New Alm, said, found out I really have about 10 cicada wasp nest dirt mounds in my driveway. I did capture six of the wasps, some I used to show and tell to people. Somebody told me I might be on the wasp hit list. <laughs> I said, I am on their sting list. The lady laughed. Uh, John says, don't forget I rescued damsels in distress and damselflies in distress. The two adult lady turkeys and 13 young ones did stop by my dad's yard again. Their bodies are about football size for sure. Two egrets or herons flew by my dad's yard one day. Did see the recent Hobbs and Shaw movie, The Rock, is in it. If Dwayne Johnson is the rock, am I the pebble? Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few, I guess, who really likes cicada wasps. And I've never been stung by it. And again, I realize that some people have uh, a bad reaction to being stung by wasps but or bees of any kind. Are the cicada wasps, though, they don't usually sting unless you bother them, correct? Yeah, I don't know what you could do to them. The males have no stinger. Oh, so okay. They're uh, hopeless. They're the ones that get up in your face and say, well, I ought to, but it's all bluff. They just... Uh, just trying to chase you out of their territory. The females can sting, but they want to save that for a cicada. Right. Well, so, John John added to his story this morning with a text to me. He said, uh, so far he's killed 13 cicada wasps, um, and he uses <laughs> some for show and tell. And I said, well, how do you do it? Do you, you know, do you put them in a jar or what? And he says, he puts them in a small clear plastic container that he puts in his pocket <laughs> And he says, when I show, some people are either ick or really take a good look at it. <laughs> I just, I just thought that's 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 kind of fun. Here, look at my cicada wasp killers. They are cool, and we had a guy at the Freeborn County Fair would always bring in each year a box, and okay. he'd have it filled with cicada killers, and he put it at the fair so everybody could see them. And yeah, uh, I. You know, most of us are pretty safe from cicada killers unless 
You know, if we're even part cicada, I guess we should really be on our toes around them. But they're just, they're beautiful insects. They're big, and big, huh? we see a big striped, yellow and black striped insect of any kind. Our brain just goes, oh my gosh, this is something that's, that stings. And, um, and again, I, I realize that a lot of people don't do well being stung. Well, you know, you talked um, about pep- petting bumblebees. I pet my first bumblebee, a bumblebee for the first time since you said that, you know, because I didn't believe you. And I thought, well, I'll try it and I hope I don't get <laughs> stung. But I was trying to rid my, my beautiful hibiscus of the Japanese beetles. So I picked them off and I accidentally picked off a bumblebee. And I'm like, oh! You know, first, and then I just set it down, and then I then I pet it, and I was I was just shocked that you know I I pet a bumblebee, so that was pretty cool. They are gentle and um, kind bumblebees. For the most part, they don't want to mess with us. If we get over and mess with their nests, then it's a different story. Sure. Then they um, they turn. It's a Jekyll Hyde thing, and they will sting then. But otherwise. They're just such cool little insects. I just love having them around. And uh, Tom Jones, Tom and Nancy Jones from Albert Lee just sent me a thing with a photo of Japanese beetles eating. Uh, I can't tell what kind of plant they're eating, but they said, what are these things? They love green beans. They certainly love green beans. They love my crab apple tree. They they love (laughs) my hibiscus, so chances are... It could be any number of many, many plants. Yeah, three to four hundred now, they said, different plants. They've found them eating. And I see them at Shaw Park. It's along Highway 13, not terribly far from me. And they are just, the roses are going away. They're just eating everything with the roses. And then they'll move on to something else. But, uh, yeah, I told Tom and Nancy, they're just, uh, they're, uh, they're pretty, but they are they have prodigious appetites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Lona, you might have heard of her. She's uh, pretty famous, and she sent me a thing from the New York Times. She said, Dal, I thought you might find this interesting. Gall midge maggots, and uh, boy, I'm always interested with anything with maggots. They have some surprising <laughs> tricks that help them launch themselves into smile-inspiring jumps. These are legless leapers, and it's really a cool story, and uh, thank you, Lona. I appreciate that very much. A number of readers have asked, uh, readers is, uh, from my column and also a couple listeners that stopped at the Freeborn County Fair, uh, have asked about the large snails floating in Albert Lee Lake. And you can, if you go on a boat or something, if you just fish from the dock, you'll see these big snails just bobbing in the water. And they are Chinese mystery snails. They're also called trapdoor snails. And they have coiled spiral shells that are olive in color. And they grow, these shells are probably three inches tall. So it's a big snail. And there's, they're called trapdoor snails because there's a trapdoor covering an opening in the shell where the snail can get in there and shut the door if anything tries to get out of it. But that trap door is missing when the snail is dead. So a lot of these floating have don't have the trap door. And they're called mystery snails because the females give birth to fully developed snails that suddenly and mysteriously appear. 
their lifespan is about four years, and they do die off in large numbers. So sometimes you see this huge float of dead snails. They're native to Asia. What are they doing here? Well, it's imported and sold in the aquarium trade. And people will spread Chinese mystery snails through the movement of water-related equipment and the release of aquarium pets. So they run out of the fish dye, and they still have these snails in the aquarium, and they dump them in water. It's illegal to release or dispose of unwanted aquatic plants or animals in or near public waters. And doesn't that include um, flushing them down toilets? Because I know that people a lot of times will flush an unwanted fish down the toilet. And if, if they're an invasive species, um, sometimes they go down those pipes, and they won't always die, and they'll end up in the waters. And I think that's somehow maybe how some fish get into the water systems? That, that's a wonderful point, and it hadn't even occurred to dumb me, and I'm sure that's true. You probably shouldn't do that. Um, you know, I guess if it's a, a goldfish funeral, we've all had goldfish funerals uh, in porcelain. If, if the fish is a goner, I don't know if you should do that. Probably not even uh, with a dead fish because it might bring disease or yeah. something into the system. But, uh, and boy, most of us are guilty of that at one time or another, saying, poor, uh, we always named all our goldfish <laughs> Fluffy, cause, uh, which was a bad name. And they, they wouldn't come when we called anyway. But uh, Tom Jones of Albert Lee also asked, he said, I'm seeing these tiny blue butterflies. What are they? There are two common possibilities this time of year. There's a summer azure, A-Z-U-R-E, and they are flying from July, July and sep- to September, and they have a wingspan of an inch to an inch and a quarter. And then there's the eastern-tailed blue, and it's really tiny. It has a wingspan of a half inch to an inch. So, boy, a half inch is really small. The tail blue, their flight times are from May through September. It has a little tail on each hind wing, and it has at least one crescent orange spot on the outer edges of the hind wings, and these are lacking on the azures. Uh, Somebody asked, what is the best insect repellent? And I'm not trying to be flippant here or anything, but it's the wind. Boy, Mm -hmm. the wind is just a great repellent. So if you can... Get outside and do what you need to do when there's a breeze, as long as it's not too strong to mess up what you're doing and you stay out where the wind is, that's the best thing. Mosquitoes are really weak flyers, and uh, that's uh, to keep them away. Deer flies and things, they're a little stronger. Deer flies will fly long distances to torment humans. They just... um, they're amazing. I saw, I was walking a trail, I saw three people with like those fly paper strips mm-hmm. hanging down from the back of their hats. Oh. <laughs> All three of them had deer flies in them. So maybe they stuck them in there before they went on as, um, you know, as a decoy fly. But um, I talked to one of them, he said, oh man, these things really work But great. man, if you got that, if that stuff stuck in your hair, that's the stickiest, oh. messiest goop. I've, oh, I can't even imagine. So, I mean, if you, I guess if you had shorter, or you were bald maybe, but man, I was thinking my long hair, ugh, that would be horrible. You'd have to put a whole jar of peanut butter in to get it out. That's right. And 
these I'm sure were made for the hat, so maybe I'm sure they take that in account. Oh, okay. But I know if I tried a regular, I've walked face first into those fly strip things. They used to come in a little tube, and you'd tack them to the ceiling, and then you run them down, and they would come down far enough where tall guys like me who weren't paying attention would turn around, and you'd have it stuck to your face with dead flies, and very attractive. <laughs> it's a good look. Today, somebody would take it, be taking pictures of it, so that would be, make it even worse. Uh, I want to invite, again, uh, folks to please join me as I host a cruise on the Pelican Breeze on Albert Lee Lake. On, uh, on, it's at Frank Hall Park Boat Landing in Albert Lee, and the cruise is at 1.30 on August 25th. And for more information from people much smarter than I am about it, uh, give a call to 383 383- 7273 383 and it's just uh, it's fun uh, everybody that comes on gets binoculars and we just look at you'll get to see Chinese mystery snails I can guarantee you that and um, but we usually we see eagles and pelicans and close up a lot of folks bring cameras and take pictures of the various birds we see. Uh, last time we were out, we had a lot of turns on buoys in the middle of the water, and they just stayed on there as we cruised by on our, our big pontoon. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, last year we had to cancel a few because of lightning, but this year we uh, knock on wood, we've gotten all of them in so far. So I am. Uh, uh, somebody asked, uh, will a bald eagle steal a nest? Bald eagles build their own nests, and they not only build their own nest, but each year they add on to that nest as part of the pair bonding process. They will steal fish from other birds. I watch uh, one bald eagle fly down in Alaska you know, when we're there in the winter, a uh, bald eagle will fly down, catch a fish. Another bald eagle will fly down, steal that fish from the first bald eagle. Then another bald eagle comes down, steals it from the second eagle, and on and on. It's called pirating, and bald eagles are very good at that. They will steal fish from the ospreys, who are wonderful fisher birds, but they don't really steal nests from anything. I think the closest would be if there's a, say, a bald eagle male and he's hurt or ill, another bald eagle male might come in and drive him off the nest and take over not only the nest but the mate. So maybe that's what uh, the listener meant by stealing a nest. They would certainly be happy to displace another male or female and take over a nest. But other than that, they don't steal birds other birds. The one that's really good at stealing other birds' nests is a great horned owl, and they will even swipe a bald eagle nest if they can and they get the opportunity. I hope everybody will come to the cafe today where the food chain is missing a few links. The special is always a Heimlich maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. The tomatoes were flourishing, so my wife and I could leave home. We headed to Austin with great enthusiasm and anticipation. This is Austin, Minnesota. We stopped at Superfresh, owned by a good friend named Jim Stiles, to buy Missouri P. 
peaches. I love juicy peaches, the kind that each bite causes so much juice to run down my chin that I should wear a raincoat while eating one. Then we went to the Hormel Nature Center for a good walk. There was an explosion of flowers, and seeing all the accompanying insects was exciting. I've never had a bad walk at that remarkable place. From there, we visited the Spam Museum. I like Spam, and I enjoy the history presented at the museum. It's incredibly well done. We ventured into the gift shop, as I believe Spam socks make the perfect gifts because they aren't something that people typically buy for themselves. The combination of walking and looking created appetites. I was coyote hungry. We headed to the favorite eatery, Kenny's Oak Grill. I had this special. I tend to order specials, but not always. I want my wife to see me as a man of mystery and intrigue. (laughs) The food was powerful good, and we encountered friends there. A fellow greeted me and then added, I'll bet you don't know who I am, do you? Oh, as soon as somebody says that, my brain just shuts down. I orbited his name and made a guess, which I should never do. Folks, never guess. Just say, no, I was way wrong. The man was Rodney Johnson, a good guy. Grew up on the same road I did, the gravel road. I was happy to see him again. Once he identified himself, I said, you've gotten bigger. That's (laughs) the guy I talked for. For you've gotten older. Oh. <laughs> Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Um, oh, boy. Karen, thank you, as always, for your good company, and congratulations on all the ribbons and prizes that your family garnered at the wonderful Nicollet County Fair. We're more proud of you. We were rooting for you. So. Well, thank you, Al. Uh, I appreciate that, and, and, and you know, 4-H truly is a, a family venture, and it's it, I take the whole week off, and we spend the, you know all the time with the boys, and we do it all together as a family, and I can't even think of a better way to spend you know a, a week in the summer than just hanging out together doing stuff for the fair and now you get to go to the state fair that's right we do and uh, it'll be fun to go up there and see how we do up there and i don't know if you know my son uh, blake who is 12 has a comedy act i know you kind of do sort of comedy routines and he has an emu so he has eddie the emu and eddie uh he has you know have you ever seen rod hull and his emu he was a famous guy that had this emu and did crazy things it's sort of on the the same manner of that where he says how to prepare your emu for the fair and he talks about how it's a new class uh, classification in the livestock category in the poultry division at the fair and somebody actually after he did the comedy skit said is it really a new act at the fair and he said well no and then he asked if it was a real emu that he had because it looks very realistic <laughs> so so yeah so that'll be a lot of fun to go up there because he's he not only has taken that for 4-H but he was in the talent contest so he gets to do that for the uh, talent show up there to see how he, he does in, uh, his uh, take on comedy. Nice. I think the only difference is his comedy act is intentional. Mine is uh, strictly <laughs> accidental, so it's quite a difference. Sure. But I wish you all the best there, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, do something uh, wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you, Karen, as always, for your company. I appreciate you. Al, thank you. We will chat with you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Always great to talk with our friend Al Bat. It is 1033, and you are listening to um, Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU.